What is good, everybody? It's your host, Vic Lopez, for the All Things Basketball podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about a good simplistic breakdown of the Houston Rockets-San Antonio Spurs game, a little bit of OKC versus Orlando Magic, which was obviously the Paolo Bancaro and Chet Holmgren matchup that never happened, um, and then a couple of other things that I want to talk about in this episode. But yeah, let's get right into it. So I want to start in order of the way these games happen, right? So we have Houston Rockets versus the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Right away, my initial thoughts before the game starts, right, is I wonder what Jabari Smith Jr., what version of Jabari we're going to get in this game, right? We've already seen the shot chucker. Um, We've seen the extremely passive uh, version of Jabari. So we've seen two two sides of the intensity, right? Like two, two intense versions of, of a player, right? We see the, the shot chucking, bad shot selection, um, kind of frustrated, overdoing things, right? Forcing things uh, in Jabari. And then we've also seen in his first game, the very passive, the also not efficient uh, version of Jabari Smith. And then we get this game with the San Antonio Spurs. This is his best game, right? By far, it's not even close. Um, and I say that because, I mean, all you, you don't even have to, I mean, if you, don't, if you don't watch the games, right? You can literally just have the box score for games one, two, and three, just side by side, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So we're looking at this game and... Immediately, we go to the box score. Six for 12 from the field, that's 50%, highly efficient. Three for five from the three-point line, obviously 60% is way above league average um, in the NBA. We have four for five from the free throw line, which is still 80%, very good. Um, And then we get to the other side of the box score. The side that's been really good for Jabari, right? The side that's been looking good for him all summer league long. So nine rebounds, an assist, two steals, a block. Uh, he did have two turnovers, um, but he ended up with 19 points and a, and a plus 23 on the plus minus column, right? The highest on the team, plus 23. So I want to say this, right? Before I get into the, the details about the Jabari um, analysis of this game, Josh Christopher is just unfair for Summer League. He, I, <laughs> he looks so good out there, athletically just... He's just so much smarter than the guys out there, obviously, because he's already played NBA games, right? But this guy, I wonder how it's going to be because I feel like he, it's hard to tell because he's in summer league. I want to say he took a leap, um, but we won't know that until he gets back to the NBA season with the Houston Rockets. But I'm going to tell you guys this, okay? This guy has been amazing to watch. Covering these Jabari games, I haven't talked about Josh Christopher um, on this podcast, but if you guys haven't watched Houston Rockets Summer League games, you could just just go watch Josh Christopher highlights. This guy is an athlete. He knocks down shots. He's making the right passes. I want to say he's active defensively, right? He's, he does show energy. He's got, he's got four steals in this game, obviously. Um, but he knocks down his free throws. Um, he knows when to attack, right? He's just, he's more seasoned than these guys in summer league, obviously, right? He's, he's playing a lot because that, that Houston Rockets team is not good. 
So this is the type of leap you expect when you throw a guy in summer league who's already had an NBA season. Um, but anyways, that's a little side note, right? Josh Christopher has been awesome in summer league. Um, and then we have Tari Eason, right? The, the, the new draft pick for these Rockets. He has been great. He, I mean, I, I knew he was going to be, I thought he was going to be a solid player in summer league. I did not think he was going to be this good in summer league. The percentages are up. The scoring is high. He's making awesome passes. He's rebounding a lot. He's rebounding a lot. Um, and his field goal percentage, like I said, it's just very high. Um, and then you have a guy like Ty Ty Washington, right? Kind of a score first guard, but he's making plays. They're pulling him, they're putting him in dribble handoff action, right? With Jabari Smith, they're, they're doing some pick and roll. They're giving Ty Ty a lot of playing time in these games. That's something that I like to see, you know, because when he gets to that NBA roster, that's kind of the position that the Houston Rockets need, right? They need, the Houston Rockets need two things, okay? They need defense and they need playmaking, okay? They, they don't have either, okay? They just have a lot of guys that, that are kind of, they're score first guys, right? But not good defenders, right? Not good defenders. And so when you have that playmaking and the defense, you add it to that roster, that very young team they have, um, and watch out for them. You know, they, they could take a massive leap if they just get solid defense and playmaking. Now, that's going to take some time if Ty Ty, you know, is going to become a playmaker or not. But I will say this. If, if he can become a playmaker for those Rockets, they're going to look awesome. Okay, like, like they're still going to be, you know, uh, probably still going to be a lottery team because they're very young. Um, but, you know, you got Tari Eason. A nice little forward who's who's clearly better than one of the better guys in summer league, um, and then you're getting Jabari Smith, who's kind of you know he's 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 getting he's getting a groove right. He's getting a groove. He he has a good shot. He has good size. He's going to bring defense to the team. He moves the ball. He makes good passes. And then you have this guy Josh Christopher parked here in summer league right now. He's hopefully he takes that leap next season. And this team could probably see another 15 wins in the win column, which doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, for, for, for a lottery team that doesn't play defense and just shot chucks, hopefully we get something good out of Houston. That's going to be one of my, my league pass teams, right? And it should be one of your league pass teams, especially if you want to watch a two guard go to work. Right. And, and the two guard I'm talking about is Jalen Green. Um, now, it was a little bit of a, of a deviation from this Jabari game, but I was just kind of giving you like a, just my thoughts on what Houston's going to look like because, man, they've got Alper and Shangoon. They have, obviously, like I said, Jalen Green, Josh Christopher. They're getting Jabari Smith. We don't know what Ty Ty Washington's going to be. Tari Eason. Um, you know, obviously, Eric Gordon is probably going to get traded, but. You know, they've got guys, right? They've got guys. It's just about development and it's about discipline, playing defense, right? These guys don't defend. Um, but again, I, I, I'm deviating again. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so again, in this game, not nothing different from the last couple of games for Jabari. There's only one difference and it made the world of difference for, for people, how they, how they feel about Jabari. And this is Summer League. This is only Summer League. And that's the fact that the shot was falling. That's the only difference in this game. He played exactly the same way. He, he Not shot Chucky, 
right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the defense. It was there. He was making the right passes. He wasn't getting a lot of assists in this game. Again, he only had one assist. But, you know, the hockey assist, the right pass, um, you know, taking care of the ball, not being too careless with the ball, um, not taking too many bad shots. They were high-efficient looks, um, you know, just good looks, and the shot was falling. So if you're getting defensive productivity from Jabari like we have in these games and his shot's falling, watch out for Jabari, right? That's like, to me, that's what makes or breaks his success is the shot-making, because everything else is going to be there. The defense is there. The size is always going to be there, obviously. Um, you know, and his willingness to win games. Um, like his willingness to, to, to sacrifice his game to win the game, right? These are things that I know he has, right? In his mentality, his intangibles. So I liked this game for Jabari. I don't want to go too deep into the analytics or the play-by-play like I've done in the last couple of episodes. But just to give a, a, a quick summary of this game. Same defense, good discipline. If he didn't like the looks, he was giving it back up and he made his shots, right? Shot was falling. And this is what you get out of it. You get 19 points, um, a block, two steals, an assist, nine rebounds. So a 19 and nine game and he's a plus 23. So very good game for Jabari. Awesome game. His best one in summer league. And it shows that things are coming for him, right? Like, Things are, are starting to make sense for him out there. He he looked more comfortable in this game. That there was the Houston Rockets were, were back into a motion offense, you know, moving the ball around. Um a lot of a lot of steals that led to fast break dunks. This was this was the Josh Christopher dunk show. Okay, and, and, and it wasn't just this game. He's been putting on a dunk contest show for everyone in these summer league games. He's been super fun to watch. Um, I want to move on to the OKC Orlando Magic game. It was very disappointing to hear that Paolo Bancaro was not going to play. But, you know, I'm very understanding of things that teams do, right? Because at the end of the day, it's their decision on what they want to do, right? People are going to, you know, you see the stuff everywhere. Oh, you know, they're resting guys already. They're... They're, they're teaching them bad habits. They're, they're already giving them load management and whatever you want to say. I understand that side of the argument, but let me give you the side of the argument that I believe is the one that defends these teams, right? So yes, you're, you're resting guys at a young age, which I disagree with as well. But, but if you're resting them in games that don't even count. What's the problem? Right? This is summer league. Um, supposedly, you know, he, he hurt his ankle, right? And it looked like he was, um, it looked like he was limping after that, after that last game he played. And so in this game, we don't get RJ Hampton, who by the way, hasn't been good at all in the summer league. Um, just turning the ball over at important points in games, shot, not falling, you know, struggling to, to, to get it going. Just, he looks like a first year summer league guy, right? Like, and that's disrespectful because this guy's been in the NBA. Um, you know, he's, he's played NBA games and he's gotten a decent amount of minutes. Um, you know, but he looks like a first year summer league guy, like, you know, attacking when there's nothing there, uh, challenging elite shot blockers, um, you know, attacking, uh, multiple defenders under the rim and just getting rejected. 
um, the timing on the shots, the, the carelessness with the ball. He looks like a rookie. Okay, he looks like a rookie out here. Doesn't look like a good NBA player at all. Um, and so no Admiral Schofield either, right? Nice little big, you know, strong guy. So no Bancaro, no Hampton, no Admiral Schofield. Um, as far as like, you know, the, the main starters that we've been watching. So I'm already thinking it to myself, okay, let's see what Chet Holmgren is going to bring in this game, right? Um, we've seen the we've seen the not high volume shooting from him, right? We've seen the really low volume uh, shot making from him, just just not not taking a lot of shots, right? Just kind of feeling out the 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 way the game is going. Right, but he's always effective. It's the same kind of storyline with Jabari. Although I will say, Chet has looked much better than Jabari Smith, um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Chet guy. I'm saying that because I like uh, I like when players, if they're not going to score, let them contribute right to winning. Let them let them do things that we can see the defense thinking, "Holy crap!" Like we can't we can't just go in there and and do a certain thing offensively because. This player is going to be there to deny that option, right? And that's exactly what we get from Chet. These teams that are doing pick and roll, which obviously it's everyone, when they do pick and roll and the big man dives to the basket, that option gets denied very often um, because Chet's just there, okay? And when the guard attacks on pick and roll and Chet shows up, the cards just keep the dribble alive and they, and they just keep dribbling around because they've already seen enough. They've seen enough from Chet, right? They've seen all the blocks. They've seen the positioning. They've seen the fact that he's not going to overfoul these guys. Um, and so he's, he's impacting the game even when he's not getting his blocks, right? On a game where he has one block, for example, um, if you don't watch the game, you don't understand why he's only getting one block. And that's because guys just aren't laying it up around him as much as it was in the beginning, Right now they know that the threat is there. And so that changes um, a team's strategy immensely, right? Because now the scheme has to be completely different. You know, if you're going to attack and you see Chet, you're going to have to kick it out or keep the dribble alive, find the next option in the offense because Chet's going to be there. Okay, now let's move on to the beginning of this, um, of the way I like to break it down. So let's go to the box score. Seven for 10 from the field. Awesome. 70%. Two for four from the three. Awesome. 50%. Um, no free throws, right? Didn't really get calls like that. So no free throws, no free throw attempts that game. 10 rebounds, two assists, two blocks. He did have four turnovers. Um, he did have some foul trouble in this game, okay? Five fouls, um, 16 points, right? And he was a plus 15. So we're looking at a 16-point, 10-rebound game, right? A 16 and 10 with two assists, a block you know, and four turnovers, right? So we got a complete game from Chet. We saw the three, we saw him uh, dribble past guards and, and wings. We did see some nice sequences where he's bringing the ball up. We've seen him bring the ball up many times in summer league, uh, but it was a lot of it this time, right? It was, he was he was more involved in the offense and, and people online are probably going to say, oh, that's because that's because Paolo wasn't on him, <laughs> right? So that's the part that, that hurts me the most about not seeing Paolo Bancaro in this game is to see these guys go at it again, right? Because these guys played each other early on in college 
and you know people are give the win to to Paulo Bancaro, rightfully so. I think I think Paulo definitely uh, won that exchange. Um, but I definitely wanted to see them here, right? Because Chet is a guy that he doesn't run away from the challenge. He wants to to find out what's good, right? He he wants the smoke. He talks a big game. He 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 challenges guys, right? So I wanted to see this matchup, and it's unfortunate that we're not going to see it until we get to the NBA season, hopefully, right? Um, and so we get a good game from Chet, right? This time. We, we got the defense, right? Same as always. It, it was like, it was the same thing as Jabari, right? It was the same thing with Jabari. The only difference was that the shot was falling, right? The shot was falling. We see the potential now in these two guys, summer league wise, right? We, we see in, in a quote unquote NBA setting, what these guys will look like. Not at their best because this isn't their best. This, the, you know, the, this is like a, you know, uh, a flash of, of what we might see in the future, right? You know, the high percentage, the, the, the high plus minus number, um, scoring, passing, rebounding, you know, getting blocks, uh, making the right reads. Um, and just a couple of side notes, right? Josh Giddy wasn't good in this game. You know, he shooting wise, right? He wasn't he he's really he's really upping the shots here, right? Like he he's he's starting to try to to turn into score first Josh Giddy version, which hasn't been working out for him, right? But that's something that that we know about Josh Giddy. That's that's the part that's missing in his game, right? The defense, obviously, not good, not not a very good defender. But I will say this about Josh Giddy, um, he has great hands, right? Quick hands, um, you know, very pokes the ball a lot. From these guys. Um, so I will say that about him. But as far as like holding his own defensively, like staying in front of these guys, definitely struggling to stay in front of people. Um, but that's something that might come later, the stronger he gets, who knows what it is that he needs to add to that. Um, but yeah, the shooting just isn't there, you know, which is funny because he's a good free throw shooter. You know, he, he's shown that so far in summer league as well. Um, but the shooting has always been a knock on Josh Giddy. you know, even getting into the NBA, uh, from last season, you know, it's, it's one of the parts of his game that still needs to develop, right? We need to get him shooting, even if it's a little bit below, um, NBA average three point shooting and field goal percentage, you know, we want to see Josh Giddy because he's an amazing passer. He sees the play unfold before a lot of guys out there. He's very smart. Right, I was talking with my fiance. We were watching the game together, and I say, "Hey, take a look at this guy. I know you're, <laughs> I know you're gonna think he's attractive. <laughs> It'll probably make you watch the game." And you know, she was in love with the guy, right? You know, Josh Giddy. Oh my God, you know he's a, a, a super handsome guy. Um, and you know, she asked me, you know, if he can't shoot, what makes him so good? Because she heard me talking about how much I like Josh Giddy. And it's the same thing I explained to her. I say, well, the only thing missing in his game really is the shot. The shot doesn't fall, but he moves the ball incredibly well. He moves well without the ball. He manipulates the game even off the ball. Makes amazing passes. If you have not watched Josh Giddy, do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube and just look up his highlights. If you haven't watched this guy play basketball, he is very good on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, he's kind of, I can kind of tell he's testing the waters offensively, right? Because yes, he's facilitating. He's got the eight assists in this game. 
Um, he's got the seven rebounds. He's got the 12 points, which is a typical stat line for what he's been doing. Um, but the shooting is a struggle, you know, and I think it's a strength thing. I really do. You know, he he t- he has talked about he had an interview uh, with an Australian guy. I'm not sure exactly who that guy was. Um, but he knew Josh Giddy, I guess, since he was a kid or something. That's what it sounded like in the interview. Um, I recommend you guys look up that interview with Josh Giddy. Um, I'm sorry that I can't give you like the name of the interview or whatever it is, but all you really have to type on YouTube is Josh Giddy interview, right? And it's him sitting in like some kind of film room, right? With this other Australian guy. And you know, they talk hoops. They talk about the transition to the NBA. They talk about the fact that he needs to you know, what he needs to work on, which is the shot making. And so he talks about getting the reps, you know, technique. Um, but I think also a very important thing that I've noticed about guys that struggle to shoot is strength, right? We, we've seen the transition of guys that get stronger and start to shoot better. Um, you know, a, 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 a super, super quick example that comes to mind is when Kobe had those air balls, against Utah, right, in the playoffs, very early in his career. He talked about, you know, they were all on the mark. The shots were on the mark. They were just they were just uh, short, right, which told him he had to get stronger, right? Just get a little stronger, right? Hit the gym, start start lifting more, you know? Put some, put some strength on you. And that's exactly what I think is missing because when I watch Josh Giddey miss these shots, they look on the mark, right? They're just a little short. They hit front rim, a lot of the times they're air balls. Um, they ha- they, they kind of look flat, you know. So, so I think if he adds that strength to his game, obviously keeps the reps, the shot's going to come, okay? And if the shot comes for Josh Giddy, he's going to be an all-star. He's going to be an all-star, right, multiple times in his career. If he gets that shot to fall down, because guys on, on, on pick and rolls, uh, they're going under on Josh Giddy every time. Now, Josh Giddy is very smart, right, with the ball, has good ball handling, I think he could get better with the ball handling personally, um, because he does a lot of turnarounds with the ball, like I talked about on the other episodes, doesn't really, like, um, doesn't break a guy down how these other elite guards in the NBA do, he, he kind of, he's kind of like Luka, Luka Doncic in a way, like, these guys don't, don't have, like, awesome dribble moves, they, they kind of just use, like, good footwork and positioning, and they kind of manipulate the defender with the way they move. And that's how they get by their guys. Um, that's how Josh Giddy gets by the defenders, right? Or he'll use picks, right? But when they go under, his 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 amazing passing ability is what helps offset, right? It helps kind of neutralize the guys going under because you know he can he can he can find he can thread the needle through a lot of defensive uh, schemes, right? He he's good at that. So, but his game goes to the next level if if the shot is a threat. Because now guys have to go over on pick and roll, which means he can then attack, which leaves more options for him on offense, right? He's got a good floater game. We know that. Um, And yeah, I mean, I just think he has to get stronger. Um, A side note here, Trey Mann, yikes. He has not been good at all in Summer League. And this game is, is, is just, it's a good example of that as well, right? Three for 14 from the field, which is 21%. One for six from three. He just cannot knock down shots. You know, for 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 a guard like him, right? Like his his game is very predicated on 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 shooting. If the shot's falling, the defense comes up and then he can attack. But 
Guys are letting him shoot out there. You know, it's it's just not looking good for Trey, man. He, he's very young, right? He's still young. Um, but I'm telling you right now, you know, he's had NBA uh, playing time. And so he doesn't look good in summer league, right? Um, and there's a lot of movement on OKC. So I don't want to, I don't want to act like, you know, I don't want to hear that he's not getting opportunity. He played the most minutes this game, 28 minutes. He, he's played a lot for OKC. He's in their rotations very often, right? Um, he starts in their games, right? So, so it's not like this is a guy that comes off the bench in summer league and he's getting a couple touches. This guy's taking shots. Okay, this is a 14 field goal attempt game for him, right? Six threes, um, you know, just attempting a lot of shots. Um, he is knocking down his free throws, okay? He's definitely knocking down his free throws. I'm actually surprised that he was a plus five in this game because he, he looked awful in this game um, when I was watching him. But nonetheless, um, and then I want to get to the other side of this, uh, of this lineup as well, right? The Jalen Williams duo, right? Jalen Williams and Jalen Williams. Right, yes, they drafted two guys with the same name, but they're spelled differently, okay? Um, one went to Santa Clara, the other one went to uh, Arkansas, if I'm getting that right. And so, one is obviously more of like a guard style, the other one is a big kind of post-up player, uh, likes to pass out of the post. He's been okay, um, you know, he's a guy that I feel like will probably be better in an NBA in a real NBA game where there's more skill around him, right? Where he can kind of make passes where guys are smart enough to understand that the pass is going to be there. So I'm looking out for that guy. Um, also the other Jalen Williams, freak athlete guard, right? Just, just has had some awesome dunks. He's made some really good passes. Um, the shot isn't there, right? He's struggling to shoot it. He's been struggling to shoot the ball in summer league, um, but I've seen a lot of good things from him. And obviously for my Miami Heat people out there that want to know a little bit more about what's going on with Nikola Jovic, um, it looks like he didn't play against the Hawks on Tuesday night, which was yesterday. Um, they were resting him due to like, a, it says here it was like a quad contusion. Uh, I wasn't really aware of that injury. And so they're going to also rest him uh, for the next game. Um, so I just want to give, I, I did say that I haven't seen, that doesn't change what I've said about how the Heat appear to be using Jovic in these summer league games. Um, and it also doesn't change what I've said about Jovic because it has nothing to do with the quad uh, situation. I talked about on the last episode just his lack of energy in these last couple of games. The lack of energy, right? Just not looking like a Heat culture type of player. Now, I can't expect a player to be a Heat culture guy if he hasn't even played with the actual NBA roster, right? Hasn't, hasn't really been in that type of environment yet. Um, but what I meant by that is obviously the, the introduction to Jovic in this summer league is what I, what I was talking about. Like, I, I haven't seen that, that dog, that, that, that guy that's gonna, you know, kind of like demand the ball and, and, and make plays. And I know he's capable because he's very skilled. And so obviously with him out, I won't be able to watch him in the next game. Um, in this episode, right now it's 7.47 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I'm recording, obviously, today is Wednesday. Um, and so I'm going to be watching um, the Oklahoma City game tonight um, to kind of get a good idea of, you know, what else we can see from, from Chet Holmgren. Um, 
Obviously, tonight's game is at 8 o'clock, which is in about 15 minutes or so from the time I'm recording this podcast. Going to be playing against the Sacramento Kings. I haven't looked to see if uh, if Chet Holmgren's going to be rested this game or if they're just going to play him, um, if they're going to rest Keegan Murray or if he's going to play. I don't have that intel on me right now. These are just my thoughts right before I even get into this next game. Um, and so, yeah, uh, this is the All Things Basketball Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Vic Lopez. I'll see you guys on the next one, and hopefully we get a good game tonight.